Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is James and just James today. We were kind of yeah. hoping that we would have a uh, horror film expert with us today, but he works at nights and um and he said he had some stuff to do. Yeah, and, but he was going to school us on Italian cannibal oh, films, which man. is. Basically, what the Green Inferno is inspired by. In fact, during the credits, uh, at the end, they said, "Hey, you should check out these uh, cannibal films huh. to kind of give you a reference point." Yeah. So, his name's Tommy, and he'll be on soon. He's a yeah. he's a really big horror guy, and he is the kind of man where if you haven't heard of a horror film and you want to know if it's any good, he definitely definitely knows what you're talking about. So hopefully we can get him on very soon. Yeah. Uh, I know he's going to be at Mile High Horror, cool. which you're actually going to be out of town, I guess, for now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try to see if I can get Adam Green on the f- episode, on the podcast. That'd be cool. Uh, man, I'm going to be busy next weekend. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, well. Good times. How goes? I guess I should see. D- d- so I think what you're saying is that, that you saw Green Inferno this week? I did. I saw every week we go see a new movie and we podcast <laughs> our experience to the world. Except this week, because James is a pussy, Whoa. Uh, we saw separate movies. We did. James went and saw Everest, right. which didn't look... Which is a movie where a bunch of people go out into the wilderness and die. Yep. And it didn't look that good to me. Uh, it looked one like uh, Roland Emmerich directed it, and all I can see is when the, you know when they're climbing the mountain and the storm's coming in it just reminded me of the day after tomorrow when they're running away from the cold <laughs> yeah but hey lots of good actors and you know what i'll probably end up seeing it anyways but and you went to see and green inferno the green inferno with which Tommy. is which is a movie about people who go into the wilderness and die yeah and get eaten oh okay so, all right it's it directed by eli roth and uh you, did, did you see that eli roth uh favorite tweet? tweet yeah i'm pretty sure he was like you know favoriting every tweet about his movie but still i don't care <laughs> man i'm on a roll though because i also got adam green to favorite one of my tweets huh? now eli roth you want to hear something really funny horror film guys yes okay so quick anecdote it better so, be quick uh nah it's a podcast we can talk as long as we want and we're the only two people here so we right. know it'll be short <laughs> um you know because we're usually the people who talk the least um <laughs> and so last night i go to see everest and as i'm sitting there waiting for for rafe to come in um uh, I, I was sitting not quite in the seats that I always like. I was sitting just slightly to the right. Mm-hmm. And so row as four, was yeah, it like seat 14? Yeah, it was, it was D. Yeah, it totally was. <laughs> uh, 15, 16, but yeah. 15, 16. Uh, I would have liked to have been in like 12 through 14. Yeah. 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 But 12 through 14 was taken. Um, and 12 through 14 was taken by this family called the Malconians. And I watched them walk in. Um, Debbie Malconian. Uh, because uh, oh, Debbie Malconi, this is the, yeah, so this is the story. Okay. De- 
Debbie Melconian babysat me when I was a kid. Oh. So, like, I've known their oldest daughter. I remember when she was born. She's 22 now. Makes me feel very, very old. Um, and so it was just, it was crazy. So I'm sitting there and for the 30 minutes before the show, I'm sitting there talking to the Melconians who I see like once a year, maybe. Um, come to find out, you know who they went to school with? Hmm. Speaking of people that we've talked to on Twitter. Scott Derrickson. Really? Yeah. That is awesome. They, they know him, like John, her husband almost went to, to film wow. school with him. Like, oh yeah, it was really cool. So I told him, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call in a favor someday. Right? Like, it's gonna happen. Can we get on the set of Doctor Strange? Right. <laughs> right. I know. John, John goes to me, he's like, you know what he's doing right now? I was like, yeah, I know what he's doing. He's in, he's in London. I was like, yeah, I know. He's, like, he's prepping for, for Doctor, for a Marvel movie. I was like, yeah, I know, 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 I know. <laughs> we know. Give, I'm very excited. Give us his email. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, uh, anyway, Twitter is cool and Eli Roth is, you know, he makes, I just don't like torture porn movies. And it's I, not a torture porn. See, I was told very much that it was. Um, not really. Okay. I'll, I'll explain we'll, it. We'll talk about it. Uh, so yeah, we, and we also talk about movie news, box office numbers, what we've been watching, what's coming yeah. out on Blu-ray. We're a movie podcast, but we also do different things. Like I've been just wasting hours playing Mario Maker. Is it awesome? Oh man, I've I've been wasting hours watching people online video self video themselves playing Mario. And I Maker. got so excited. So I I've been working on some levels, and some of them I had are pretty fun. I made this castle one that I called Hammer It to Me. Okay. Where it's really, it's really hard. It's a really hard one. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about the Mario Maker is they make you beat the level before you can upload it. Right. So you can't cheat. So everybody knows that at least they can beat yeah. the level. So, I mean, some of the levels are dumb. And right. It, uh, but whatever. So anyways, I, it's really difficult. It's a castle one. I have fireballs coming up. There's lots of hammer brothers. Yeah. And I mean, there's this one area where I have, um, the red shell Koopa Troopa is going back and forth, right. and there's four Hammer Brothers jumping up and down. Right. And once you get past them, then there's a river of lava with fire balls coming up, and then there's little, little pillars, and each one has a Hammer Brother on it, Ugh. and then it's Baby Bowser who throws hammers. Ugh. Um, and it's pretty hard. I mean, I know it's hard. Yeah. And, uh, so I booted up my system today. I have like 16 stars from it, and, <laughs> and people are saying, I got it on my first try. And so it's pretty cool and that people really enjoy it. And they also tell you the stats. Yeah. And it's, uh, mine's been played like 300 times. Right. And only 17 people have completed it. That's cool. Like, I know it's hard. Yeah. But, uh, but it's cool. And I like that the community like really likes it. So I'm hoping that maybe one day when I'm just playing through it, it'll just randomly show up in my run through. That'd be kind of that fun. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, right. And then I made a, a water one that's pretty difficult. Yeah. But I make them difficult, but if you're a skilled Mario player, you can do it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's parts like in my Bowser Castle one, I made just a little row of uh, platform, and it's barely above the lava, but I put coins so you knew where to jump. Hmm. And so I don't I don't like the ones that where people add all these weird effects to them, and they yeah. make it, you go through this door, and then you die. You go through this door, and you die. I don't like those ones. <laughs> I like the ones where it's... You're scrolling, and it's a puzzle, but there's a rhythm to it. Yeah, because I'm old school Mario. So the guys over at uh, at GiantBomb.com did a like a a um uh oh, what's that called uh, exquisite corpse thing mm-hmm. where they they started streaming and then they let their chat tell them what elements to add into the the map. Um, and surprisingly, not only was it playable, but it's kind of cool to watch people play it. Mm-hmm. But it's got some real jackass shit in there. Like at the end of the level. When you get to the end, there's two tunnels, uh, or there's two pipes. One of them goes to, goes and drops you directly into the finish. The other one drops you back at the beginning. Um, <laughs> but see, that's okay though. Like, right. I don't, I was playing this one today 
And every time you do something, the screen would go. Oh. I don't even know how to get those effects. Like I've been yeah. looking. Yeah. That's people probably been playing it for hours and hours and hours. But uh, and then you die, or you go through a door and you just drop and you die. I hate that stuff. Yeah. Because that's not skill. It's just like guessing. Right. So I'm more of uh, the skill uh, Mario person. So I'm hoping that my uh, hammer it to me. A map will show up on the top ones pretty soon. Do you know what your what the code is for it? I do. I I can give it to you if you want to play it. Oh no, I was just gonna say you could just say oh, the I code could. and then people could read it. But that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, we can but, do it later. But yeah, but, uh, Mario Maker is so much fun, dude. It's yeah. And then I, I like because I'm going through what Mario do I want for this? Because uh, originally the Bowser Castle I did was in eight bit Mario and it was super hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it after I made it, it took me ten guys just to get to the end hmm. i was like man that might be too hard so i switched it to new super mario brothers where mario can slide down and kind of like recover from things yeah and it made it easier so i changed it to new super mario brothers hmm. um because the 8-bit one was it was really hard. it's really hard but you know maybe i'll upload that one sometime and i'll call it remix or something yeah that's cool yeah so yeah everybody should get that game that game is amazing so, uh, what do you want to do first, James? Uh, let's do some what we've been watching. Cool. Oh, we got movie signs! This is my boomstick! I love being a turtle! You're getting your wishes, so stop! Yeah! Scott! The line must be drawn here! Yeah. Damn you all the hell! And you will know my name is the Lord! When I lay my upon Now you're getting nasty. I watched a whole bunch of different things this week. Yeah. I was in a weird mood. I don't know. Every once in a while I decide I'm going to watch something different. Uh, so I, I'll start with a couple things. I watched Scream Queens, which is the Fox show from Ryan Murphy, who did Glee and American Horror Story. Okay. And it's a, it's like, a, it's basically Scream. Okay. But Jamie Lee Curtis stars in it and also has Emma Roberts. Okay. And it's actually pretty funny. And uh, it, I don't understand any of what you're saying. Yeah. Is it a sh- It's a show. It's a TV show. It's like a scripted show. It's a scripted show. So okay. it takes place at a sorority and there's a... But it's funny. Yeah. There's a slasher. Okay. It's a slasher comedy in a sorority on network TV. Okay. That has people... Most of the actors and actresses... Have, that are in it have been in some sort of horror film. Right. Obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis. Emma Roberts is in American Horror Story. Yeah, and she's also in Scream 4. Oh, that's right. So they kind of, And uh, she plays this girl named Chanel, who is the leader of the sorority, and she's a total bitch. And nobody likes a sorority on campus, and so there's a dude killing them or a woman killing them. Who knows? Uh, but the, it's actually a pretty clever little show. It's more fun than American Horror Story. I don't like American Horror Story because I think it tries too hard to be air quotes scary oh yeah i just think it's stupid it's not it's not scary it it's entertaining or at least season two is entertaining because it is so off the wall there's aliens in season two yeah that show was ridiculous yeah so i mean laura watched the freak show last year i didn't i fell off on that and i came in and they used a lot of dutch angles and oh yeah stuff that just looks corny oh the whole thing is just schlocky as where scream queens is supposed to be a b horror and funny and so it actually works pretty well for the show and in season three of American History Horror Story, they resurrect Kathy Bates, who was like uh, a masochistic racist. Um, and then I think they make her clean toilets. 
Like, that's an actual thing in the plot. Ooh, that show was ridiculous. I know. Laura's really excited for the next one because Lady Gaga's in it. Oh, great. That'll really make yeah. it dumber. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, they just had the first two episodes. I think it's only eight or ten episodes long. Hmm. It might be longer, but I don't think so. Uh, but it's pretty fun. So, if you're looking for something a little quirky and offbeat that deals with horror elements, it's pretty fun. Cool. Uh, I also watched, I was at Tradesmart, and I love when they have Criterions available for that are used. And it's rare. It's, it's very really rare. rare. And I think the cover for this was so cool. Have you seen the cover for Kiss Me Deadly? Uh, no. It's so it's it's this noir film and it's really notorious. Oh yes, because you tweeted it. I did yeah. see it. And yeah. he's like holding that chick's head and he has a gun pointed to her. I'm like, oh, that's right. awesome. Like everything about that just screams film noir to me. Yeah. And so I I got it and I obviously I watched it. I it was I got it and I went home and I watched it immediately because I was yeah. just so in. I, like, so I need to figure out what this is. With yeah, I was so entranced with the cover right. because it's so provocative. Yeah, and when I was watching it, and I, I was watching the menu because I'm like, oh, they have a bunch of movie stills. There's also a picture of it reversed, where the dude is in the chair and the chick has a gun to his face. I'm like, ah, oh, but it's the same pose, but it's the girl. Uh-huh. I'm like, ah, oh, this is awesome. So I watch it, and in it, it is your. If you wanted to pick a stereotypical 1950s film noir. This is it. This is it. Cool. So there's a private dick and his name is Mike Hammer. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love this. So he, one day he's driving in his really cool, like convertible. Yeah. At one night, but actually, I'm sorry. It opens with Cloris Leachman from 1955. So she's really young. Right. And she's running down the street barefoot. Okay. And so he's driving in his really cool car and picks her up and he's too cool. You know, he's not. He is too cool. He's, you know, smoking and. Like, oh, oh man! And he and then the cops are looking for her because she escaped from a mental institution. <laughs> and he and he says, uh, "No, me." And, he says something about him and his wife, so they let him go. But as he left, so he his car got hit and he went off the and he got beat up and he was dragged to this other room where he saw Cloris Leachman's character murdered. And the only thing you saw from the guy who murdered her is he was wearing a pinstripe suit with really nice shoes. Mm. And so every time those showed up on screen. Nobody in, nobody in the 50s wore a pinstripe suit and really nice shoes. Yeah. So every time he showed up on screen, uh, you knew something bad was going to happen. And they only shot the shoes. Yeah. And so... The shoes of death. Shoes of death. I don't really want to spoil <laughs> this movie. No. Because it's really cool. But yeah. So basically, uh, Hammer gets tied up in all these... In this really big plot mm. where some, things aren't what they seem. They're killing... They killed his best friend... And he's trying to figure it out. And it has maybe the most unusual, shocking ending I've ever seen in a movie. In fact, it has nothing. It is so out of left field, you'll have no idea where this movie is going. Hmm. And it was the ending for this movie was inspi- uh, inspired the ending to your favorite movie. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's So let me, let me ask okay. you a quick question. Sure. Uh, or let me just hazard a guess. Does it end by them resurrecting Kathy Bates, who was a masochistic <laughs> yes. racist? Oh my goodness! Oh, how did I how did I see that one coming? <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie really? is really cool. It is a really cool movie, and if if you like film noir or you like fifties gumshoe kind of movies, this is definitely it. And the like, Mike Hammer, he's not a nice guy. Like, he's having an affair with his secretary. Yeah, he. Uh, towards the end when he's trying to get answers, he just goes into places and beats people up. And he's like, tell me what this is. And they go, okay, it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I, 
I, if you want to see a, just a really cool 50s noir film, Kiss Me Deadly is pretty awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun watching it. And Is there ever a scene where like there's a woman in a chair and then he's like, got a gun to her? Is there? Oh, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. I can't say the ending, though. The ending no, it's is, fair. No, no, the ending I know, is I know, so I know. great. <laughs> um, uh, because, again, it's so unusual. I want to... I know you, and you know what your favorite film is. Right. People, only fans of this show will know what your favorite film yeah, is. Yeah, it's the shot. You're talking about that shot? Like, the final shot? No. Oh, you're not talking about that shot? No. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. There's an element to your favorite movie. Right. And that the, was and lifted wi- from this movie. Okay, cool. Interesting. I'm going to so, have to check it out now. Yeah, I'll have to let you borrow it, and you tell me what yeah. you think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I watched that. I also watched My Wife Got Selma. So, oh, okay. I watched Selma. Cool. Um, is it good? Yeah, it's good. I mean, there's not much I can say about it. I mean, it's basically Martin Luther King's uh, organizing the march from Selma to Montgomery right. to give uh, African-American citizens the right to vote. Sure. Um, it's well acted. It's a good idea, given, given African-Americans the right to vote. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it, it, seems, it seems to have worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think it was all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so weird when you see that, though, that that was only you know 50 years ago. 50, I mean, I'm only like 28, so 50 I know, years is still, a long time. Yeah, it's not that long. <laughs> in the, in the, and that's how bad we treated people. Right. Uh, it, the great performance, I, David Alawalawio. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, mm-hmm. but he's really good as Martin I'm pretty Luther sure King. it's not like that. It's pretty close. <laughs> uh, the, the one thing is, and my wife brought it up too when we were talking afterwards, is Oprah Winfrey is in it. She produced it, and that's fine. Yeah. But she also plays a part in it, and it's hard now to watch Oprah play parts mm. uh, now because she's such you know such a big media person. Does she look like Oprah? She yeah. does. She doesn't look like um, like her character in, in like like in Color Purple. I don't see Oprah. Either do I. But I mean, because it's but so she long looks ago. well and well and because she looks like a person there. Yeah. Whereas now, like Oprah's, I don't know if she's had work done or what, or if she just wears a lot of makeup to, you know, yeah. she doesn't look real anymore. Yeah. And I mean, she does a good job in her little part, sure. but it's, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. It, yeah. Be- especially because everybody else, I wouldn't say they're no names, but they're mostly unknown actors, unknown actors. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously I know the lead actor because I watch right. movies all the time, but this was like his big break. Yeah. Which is, I mean, to not pay short thrift to just the fact that, like, the f- the reason that they're unknown actors is unfortunately because Hollywood's pretty racist and yeah. that black actors don't get cast very well. But that's beside the point. Yeah. It, it, if I had one criticism of the film, is sometimes when they you do these kind of stories, some of the dialogue is really hokey. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the dialogue from... Uh, MLK or people like that, but it's the people that support him that yeah. always, you know what? Does that make sense? Yes. It's in, oh, he's going to make a difference. Right. And we know. Right. You know, and, uh, but there's some great scenes. Uh, Tom Wilkinson plays Lyndon Johnson and they have a great interplay with that. I mean, there is, it's not 100% historically accurate. Sure. But they're trying to add conflict to the story and, you know. It, it's kind of like the difference between that and, and Lincoln, where in Lincoln, nobody ever tells Lincoln that he's going to, like, pull this off. Mm-hmm. He's the only person who believes he's going to exactly. pull it off, right? Like, so all the dialogue around it is not encouraging. It's not, hey, this is big and important. Exactly, <coughs> exactly. Oh, excuse me. It's more like, oh, gosh, we can't do this. This isn't going to work. Yeah, because you know? there's a scene where uh, Martin Luther King's wife, Coretta, meets Malcolm X, and she doesn't want him speaking in his church because 
difference between uh, Mr. King and Malcolm X is nonviolence and right. violence. And so they have this huge thing, and uh, she goes and sees uh, Martin. He's in jail in Selma, Selma, and she he's you know she says he's uh, he's trying to do good. And then he, she walks away from him and his hands like reaching out to him. Like, oh, come on. You don't need that stuff. Yeah. You don't need to be so hokey. Yeah. The but events themselves are powerful. Enough. Exactly. The event is really powerful. So you don't, you don't need the hokiness. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad that lady did not get Black Panther, <laughs> the director. Yeah. Because she doesn't stage action very well. Hmm. And it might be because of the budget. Yeah. Um, but. She was trying to do this. Is there a lot of action? Does, does, well, does MLK like put on his, his ass kicking <laughs> boots at one time? Is like, that'd be sweet. Hey, Malcolm X, let's go at it. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> right? No, there's a scene where a, they try to cross a bridge and the officers are on the other side and they shoot gas at him, uh, at the, the protesters. And so she's trying to shoot where, you know, they're riding horses and they're coming through the fog and it's supposed to be scary and it just mm. looks cheap. So it might have been the budget thing. I don't know. But you have Oprah. I don't can't imagine. I think Brad Pitt was one of the producers. Yeah. So I don't think it was a budget thing. I just don't think some people can direct action. Yeah. They need to make a movie called Salem where Martin Luther King uh, fights witches. Oh. Yeah. Martin Luther King witch, witch hunter? hunter? Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, the movie's pretty good, though. I mean, I can't really say anything bad about it. I mean, yeah. it's still well done. Uh, the actors are really great in it. Cool. There's not a weak part in the actors. And I fuck. I watched one more thing. Why can't I remember? Oh, duh. The last thing I watched was uh, *Bearing the X*, which is a movie directed by Joe Dante. And I don't know the last time he's actually made a movie. I want to say I don't know. It was a direct-to-Blu-ray movie called something something. Uh, But anyways, in is Anton Yelchin stars as a guy who has. a girlfriend who is dead eventually. Oh, okay. Um, but at the beginning she is one of, the, she's, you know, really attractive and, uh, looks really good, but she's one of those weird hippies where everything has to be recycled. Everything needs to be clean energy, yada, yada, yada. Sure. So one day he, uh, he works in this Halloween store and she says, I want to be together forever. And there's a devil genie lamp. And it grants them that wish, unbeknownst to them. And so he's going to break up with her because she's going crazy. On the way to break up with her, she gets hit by a bus and she dies. So he's pretty messed up on that. But but he meets Alexandria Daddario, who is so beautiful. Which one is she? Uh, she's like, she works at this cool ice cream place called Ice Cream. No, I mean, who's Alexander Daddario? She's, uh, the new girl. So he no, goes. I mean, the actress. How, how do I know that name? Oh, she's, uh, uh, she's in San Andreas. She's in True Detective. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, she's really in True Detective. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's Texas Chainsaw. Texas yeah. Chainsaw. She's yeah. She's beautiful. Good. Yeah. Um, anyway, she's. Works at She's extremely pronounced limbo rings. Yes. Look that up online. I'm right. Yep. What? Um, anyways, she runs a ice cream place called Ice Cream, and it has like cool ice cream names, like mm-hmm. Fruit Brute. Remember that cereal? Like she makes ice cream with that stuff, and like Dracula's. Fruit, I don't know Fruit Brute. Fruit Brute is the line of monster cereals, like Count Chocula. Oh, Blueberry. okay. It's one of them. It's the werewolf one. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So she's the really cool, beautiful ice cream parlor girl. Yeah. So after his girlfriend dies and, you know, he's kind of starting to get over her. She's been dead a long time. Right. Uh, she comes back as like a zombie kind of. Right. Uh, and so she comes back and she says, I said we'd be together. So she's like this zombie right. uh, girlfriend. Is she like real gruesome or is mm-hmm. it like, okay, all right. She's like starting to rot away. So every every time you see her, there's like more flies around her and she looks more and more gross. and Nasty. Um, so he's trying to date Alexandria and I don't forget her character's name. Sure. <laughs> uh, and they have these really cute moments. And the movie's actually pretty funny. And it's actually pretty well made. And I don't know why it didn't get a wider release. Hmm. I kind of had fun watching it. And if you're looking for kind of a quirky, offbeat zombie movie, I've seen two this year. Life without, uh, Life with Beth. Or Life, without, Life after Beth. Life after Beth, which is Ab- Aubrey Plaza. Right. And it's okay. It's right. not as good as this one. I think this one's actually more fun. Hmm. So cool. it looks good. The cover's really cool for it. Bummer, no special features. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had fun. Cool. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. And Alexander Audio has really big boobs. Ah, <laughs> oh, is that it? And that's all I watched this week. <laughs> Very good. Um, cool. I've got a, a couple of things to, to go through. I I watched. Um, Dan and I have recently been talking about Thirteen Days for some reason. Um, that's cool. So I got Thirteen Days on Blu-ray and watched it. Uh, I don't think I've seen it since I watched it on a plane once, like back when it came out. Um, and then I don't think I've seen it since. Uh, and it's 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 good. Thirteen days is the story uh, of um, the thirteen days of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, it stars Kevin Costner, um, and is is written by shoot. Uh, I looked it up earlier, and it was oh uh, the guy who ended up writing uh, Road to Perdition um, it was the next movie he wrote. Um, and it's good. It's um, it's not as good as Apollo thirteen no. or one of those, you know. Yeah. But it's in that same. Yeah. It's that kind I of said movie, it's a right? Good movie. Um, and it, it it's got a couple of sort of weird things about it. I I don't think it it builds suspense very well, which is sort of too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of telling you the the events of the story more than it is like making them engrossing, which is too bad. Um, the other weird thing is that there are these sections, especially early on, they do it a lot, where there's there's like little bits of the movie that are in black and white, I and don't I don't know that. why. I haven't seen the movie in so long. I don't remember. Yeah, like there's. There's a couple moments, like at the very end, uh, as as the the Kennedys are sort of walking away, um, it goes to black and white, and you hear actual JFK talking, like a a, mm. a bit of his speech, uh, and that shot's kind of cool in black and white because the the shadows are more pronounced, and the shadow of um, uh, uh, Greenwood, um, Brian Greenwood, is that his name? The guy who's sure. in Star Trek. Sure. Anyway, um, he uh we're he, gonna stop this cuban missile crisis <laughs> his his like silhouette looks very much like kennedy in that shot and so it's really kind of a, a neat shot but there's earlier moments where they're just like walking to the situation room and it's in black and white and then as they walk in like it fades to color hmm. um and not like a slow not like a not like a pleasantville like mm-hmm. they're making a big deal out of it it's just like suddenly the color pops in hmm. and i don't know why um i i thought what they were gonna do was that like as the movie went along and things got more intense, that it was going to become more black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would love for somebody to explain what they were thinking. Like if it was is there no commentary or anything on it on the disc. Uh, there is, but I watched it today, so I haven't had a chance oh, okay. to watch it yet. And I don't know that I'm going to go back and and like I don't know that I'm that curious, but 
Um, like I, I think I might be Wikipedia curious. <laughs> gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's just some weird choices in the movie like that. Um, but it's pretty good. Um, it's certainly worth checking out if you ever had. I, I feel like I worked too hard to get my hands on it. So if, it's, <laughs> if it were ever on Netflix, people should check it out for sure. Um, the other thing was uh, last week I went and saw Black Mass, um, oh, yeah. which is the movie starring Johnny Depp about Whitey Bulger and his contacts. Um, Yes, and his contact lenses, which are fucking atrocious. Like, whoever the makeup artist is, and, 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 hear my words, this movie's gonna win an Oscar for makeup. It <laughs> probably is. And it's too bad, cause the makeup's shit. Um, like, it, it's a movie obsessed with two things. It's obsessed with that, like, that real cheap effect that they do in movies sometimes, where, like, they put this, like, real thin latex on your face, mm-hmm. and then it dries and makes your face look like it's really old and, and yeah. wrinkly and stuff, right? So it gives everybody this look like they have, there's more texture on their skin than a normal mm-hmm. human being has. Um, so it does that on every character. Um, and then on, on Johnny Depp, who, you know, everybody knows what Johnny Depp looks like, but you can put contact lenses in him and, change the way he looks to some degree and it'll be fine but these look like the cheapest contact lenses that i've ever seen in a movie Mm. so that um the the line around his pupil his pupils are always the same size and that line is like a very sharp like it goes from like Mm. this real light blue to just the black um and it just doesn't ever seem natural uh by the way uh the limbo ring is the is the dark outline of the outside of your like the colored portion of your eye um yeah, and so it, it causes, like, eyes to be extremely striking, and they've done scientific research to find, like, people with more, uh, with stronger limbal rings are more attractive to other human beings. Mm. Anyway, uh, it's why, problem. it's why Zoe Deschanel is so pretty. Mm. Um, so, uh, anyway, Black Mass. Is the movie good? Uh, no, it's not great. Um, so it starts off, it's pretty good. I'm like, alright, this seems interesting. Uh, it's, it opens with like an interview where like an officer or an FBI agent is interviewing one of Whitey's uh, like one of his like blunt instrument kind of guys, you know, uh, it's a guy, uh, Jesse Plemons is the actor. He was in, uh, he was in Breaking Bad and he was in Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's actually really good in this movie. He's sort of an enforcer kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Like he starts off, you know, just watching the door, that guy, and then he beats a guy to death. Um, and the, the FBI agent is, in, is like interviewing him and getting him to sort of turn over on Whitey. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like if, and he, then he starts narrating the story we're seeing. So I was like, okay, cool. This movie's not really about Whitey. This movie's going to be about this character, but it's not because there's a number of people like that where they'll cut back and this FBI agent will like, Ask them questions like, you know, so then you killed so-and-so. And the guy's like, yeah, I killed so you know. Um, and so what they're really doing is, like, showing you the aftermath of, of you know, them trying to catch Whitey. Um, the real problem with this movie is that it starts off and it's, it starts to build all these little elements that are going to, you think, eventually lead to, like, his downfall or his big weakness or, like, how he gets caught, whatever it is. Um the way he gets caught is not set up really. Um, there's really no motivation for him or what he's doing other than what's narrated to you. So, um, at one point, I'm going to spoil this to some degree sort of, but it's also history. So at one point his son dies, uh, about a third of the way in the movie. And then they straight out like narrate, like, I mean, somebody is 
talking to this FBI agent and says like, yeah, like then after, after his son died, like he was just a, he was just a loose cannon. Like <laughs> he just, you know, and I'm like, this, this is not a motivation. Like a super like, villain arc. Yeah. Like <laughs> watching Johnny Depp turn a table over cause he's mad his son dies is not, is not going to make me walk away from this movie and feel like this is great drama. Uh, and sure enough, that's exactly what happens. Like when the movie's over, I don't know what I was supposed to get from this. Um, I, I think that a lot of what's int- what would have been interesting is not in the movie. So they like, they hint at little things or the, actually the very last thing that happens. I mean, he, at the end of the movie, when, when things start to fall apart for him, he, he's a fugitive for 10 or 15 years, something like that. Um, and that's the story that I think would be really interesting. Like the story of, tra- of catching Whitey Bulger actually sounds really interesting after seeing this movie, but the movie I saw <laughs> was, was just a lot of, I mean, you, you easily could have remade this movie by going and cutting scenes exactly like it out of every other gangster movie you've ever seen and taped them together because they would have been just as gruesome, just as, you know, well acted and just as disjointed and pointless. Hmm. Um, there's a scene, uh, yeah, about two thirds of the way through where all of a sudden this guy pops up and has sort of turned over on Whitey and Johnny Depp's got him tied to a chair and he's like, he, he's, you know, they've beat him up a bunch and then he ends up like choking him to death with a rope. Um, and that guy plays an integral role in Whitey getting caught, hmm. but we meet him in that room. Like you, there is no real, like, <sighs> there's, there's no, um, A to B to C of his story. Um, there's just sort of some relationships and even those relationships don't really go anywhere. So I, I was, I don't want to say totally disappointed because it wasn't like I had huge, real high hopes. Um, but for a movie that I spent over two hours with, like, I, I feel like you got to be able to bring something together so that at least I walk out and go like, oh, okay, that was, you know, they were trying to say this. I just didn't care as much. Like in this case, I don't know what they were trying to say. Great, James. Laura wants me to take that take her to see that next this week i know i'm sorry yeah. i told her that too and i was like yeah i mean johnny depp is good in it he is um he just doesn't have anything to do other than make his face look angry and comb his hair straight back um if the movie wins an oscar for best acting like it just goes to show how stupid the oscars are <laughs> um because there's nothing there's nothing complex here. By comparison to something like Prisoners, which I could I consider like really great drama, this is entirely forgettable hmm. is what the movie is. So, anyway, um I, I mean I I didn't hate my time watching it. I just looked you back wish it was on it. Spent. Yeah, I just looked once it was over, I was like I didn't I didn't actually get anything out of that. Like you didn't give me anything. So, um so that was too bad. Um and then I also watched I don't know how, why this happened. I got home from work one day and ended up watching um, Dear White People, which was on Netflix. Um, which oh, I, okay, I know. It took me a while to go through my card catalog and figure... A card right. catalog, kids, is what we used to do to find <laughs> library books uh, to find out exactly... Yeah, you, you, you uh, whipped out your Dewey Decimal system. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, so Dear White People... Uh, is a movie starring Tessa Thompson, who was in Veronica Mars. Oh, and she's gonna be in um, in Creed. I don't know yeah. if you saw the new trailer oh, for yeah, Creed. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I know. I don't like it as much as the first trailer, 
But because the first trailer is cool because they don't tell you that Rocky's in the yeah. movie until that's like the a, last 20 seconds. That's okay because you already knew Rocky was in it. So. True, true. So and I, I just want to see Rocky movies. So, yeah. um, so Dear White People is the story of a, um, of a college campus where they had previously had like, um, you know, different sort of fraternity houses. And it used to be that you could have a fraternity house where, like there was this one where you you had to be black to live in that fraternity house and then like the school decided like that you couldn't do that anymore so they started to break that up um or like they passed a rule saying that that couldn't be you know like race couldn't be a restriction um and then Tessa Thompson plays this young woman who um she runs a radio show on the college campus called Dear White People uh where she's basically just harassing white people for the racist or semi-racist things that they that they tend to do um but they're all mostly superficial as racism tends to be they're all mostly superficial things mm-hmm. um and uh there's a there's a number of different characters in the movie and i don't want to go into all of it um honestly because i don't know that i can so here's where this guy's kind of rough i think this movie's good i i'm i enjoyed watching it I have a hard time passing judgment on it because I honestly feel like I'm not smart enough to, <laughs> um, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, I think there's some really powerful moments in this movie. Um, there are, uh, like there's this, there's this scene, Tessa Thompson's character, um, she has like, she's got the, she's got a sort of black, guy that she is he's not really her boyfriend but like he he thinks he is or wants to be and then there's this white guy who is clearly sort of her boyfriend um but she hides him because she is this you know um like leader in the i don't i don't know how you want to say like in the african-american community well but it's not just that it is this like extremist angry african-american community Mm -hmm. right um they're just continually pissed um and so she kind of is hiding that. And there's this really great scene where she talks about, um, she runs into him near the end of the movie and she talks about like what it was like going to school when she was young and having her dad drop her off and her dad was white and like the feeling of not wanting them to be seen together because she was thinking about how people saw her mm-hmm. and like why, and, and if people were seeing them together and going like, what is that man doing with that little black girl? Like, and and that speech that she gives is so great. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that, like, uh, I can't even say that seems really racist to me because I'm like, well, I get the point you're making. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's just, that, that's what I'm saying when I say, like, I don't feel smart enough to to really judge that level of it. Gotcha. Um, I think it's certainly worth talking about. Um, it's one of the more intelligent movies about race that I've seen in a while. Uh It'd be interesting to like watch this and then watch Selma and see which one of them I think is more hmm. intriguing. Yeah. Um, cause there is, there's a lot of conversation in here that is very frank about, um, stereotypes and culture and that kind of thing. Um, there's a, a guy with this big afro, uh, who is a, a young gay black man, um, who's like trying to write an article and he doesn't fit into any of the groups. Like the, the white guys are picking on him. Like everyone is picking on him because he's gay. And he's like, so the race thing doesn't even make any difference mm. to him. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of it that's over the top. There's a lot of it that's like, 
sort of eye rolling like really like what is this world where they're all everybody in this movie is some extreme of their archetype is it written and directed by spike lee no no (laughs) uh justin simeon who man i looked him up back when i saw it i can't remember what else he's done um i don't think it's a lot yeah it's this is actually like his first big film um but yeah i I think it's worth if that sounds interesting to you or if you watch the trailer and you look like think like oh that seems funny I think it's worth checking out. Um I don't know how I stumbled onto it but uh yeah. So um and then do you want me to talk about Everest now? Uh I, it's part you, of the Do we, you want yes. to do it later? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, then we'll do it later. Cool. Cool. Um yeah, and so that's that's everything. Although I really want to mention this really quick. Have you ever heard of Juiced with OJ Simpson? Uh the movie no no so this was a like uh like five or eight years ago he had like a hidden camera tv show um where oj simpson would go around and do shit like pretend he was working at a drive-thru and then he'd like take a bite out of your burger before he'd give it to you and then he'd say ah you've just been juiced you've been juiced i'm oj simpson i know you are And they only they did like a pilot episode of it. You can watch the whole thing on on YouTube. Um, it's it's unbelievably unfunny, and I kid you not, the like tagline for the show is "Nobody is safe because the juice is loose." Wow, let's play off that he uh, uh, murdered people. Uh, yeah, allegedly, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Anyway, I heard about it. There was a This American Life recently that I was listening to. I was like, I have to go watch some of this. I've never even heard of it. Ah, uh, it's so horrible. People should go check some of it out. <laughs> this is what's playing next week at your Alamo Draft House. Let's go. Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? Yeah, you're yeah, gonna love this one. Oh, Millie! It's a scream, baby! I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation. Horror. Shock. Send them out in the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. These are godless times, Mrs. Nell. Well, I'll drink to that. But one day she snaps. But she realizes that teen suicide is up this year, and homicide is a much healthier therapeutic expression. <laughs> they always want a quote. Uh, Arcade Fires Reflector Tapes opens. It's that, that documentary. Weird. Yeah, it looks yeah. weird. But I like them, but that looks weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with it. So it's some direct documentary of them doing something. Yeah. Um, the Craft Dinner is Beer Fest with Warst- Warsteiner. Warsteiner. Yep. Uh, the Usual Suspects is also playing. Dude. Attack on Titan, the movie, part one. Oh, the anime thing, yeah. Yeah, but it's the live action one. 
I guess it's oh, supposed what? to be. Yeah. They're doing like a live action? There is a live action one, yeah. I, oh. Uh, I know one of my friends is really interested. Huh. Uh, Fantastique is The Crow in 35mm. Cool. Which I recently picked up on Blu-ray to see again. I haven't seen it in years for my good old comic book movie thing. Yeah. And, of course, the big thing there next week is Mile High Horror Film Festival. It's going to be all weekend long. Yeah. So, uh, busy week at the old Alamo Draft House. Purchase tickets online at alamodrafthouse.com forward slash Denver. It's too bad that I, I forgot to mention this last week. Um, and by the time you hear this, it'll be over. They're showing, um, LA Confidential and they got James Elroy out, um, for the show. I guess he's going to do like a series is what I've been told. Cause he's going to do a number of little projects there. And you're going to it, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the LA, to LA Confidential tonight. That's so weird that you're going to go see an author. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Something that you're not uh, doing. <laughs> um, and then the, uh, they've also got tickets on sale already for Cabin in the Woods, which is showing for the, th- on the 30th. So as nice. a, like a Halloween thing. Um, so be sure to check that out. Oh yeah, Cabin in the Woods. Awesome. Antichrist that night as well, which, uh, I don't want anyone to see Antichrist, but, of course I've never seen it, but I- I've just heard about and seen little bits of- I don't of, even know, what is it? I don't even know. Oh, uh, it's a Lars von Trier movie where like, uh, all I know is that, like, at one point, Willem Dafoe does some, like, <sighs> some masochistic, like, self-mutilation shit, and mm. there's a shot that I've seen of a wolf, of a fox eating itself. Lars von Trier is a crazy man. Yep. Who makes very depressing films. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. And also, uh, open screen night is gonna be coming up soon you can buy tickets yeah. right now online i've seen them for sale yeah first week of october i think first week of october so or the second uh and our good buddy zach eastman just finished his last film that i watched this morning oh did you yeah i haven't gotten a chance to yeah i got the message but i've been out yeah should uh, you should watch it. it 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 deals with podcasting Ooh, all right cool and uh to check that out of course uh zach doesn't make happy movies so <laughs> <laughs> shit uh, that's my challenge to zach eastman zach i want you to make a like a spoof or something yeah make something totally silly he needs to make his 1941 yeah make 1941 you you've done all your accolade right got all your accolades and you've made enough schindler's lists at this point like please yeah make make a movie that most people don't like at the very least the terminal like i love the terminal right but it's also it is also funny yeah Yeah. so yeah zach that's my next challenge for you is make a light-hearted film yeah i think that's the closest to, to comedy that he's gotten back to yeah yeah. Yeah. But you know the thing with Spielberg always has comedy in his stuff. Oh yeah. But that one's the yeah. That one's yep. the closest. So yeah, make sure uh obviously that film is not available to see yet, but it will make its debut at Open Screen Night in Denver. We're special, but you're not. So yeah. you have to go to the Open we're, Screen we're, Night. We are press. So if we you if you want to be special, you will be there that night to see it before anybody else. Yes. Cool. cool. Uh this is the movie news. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. It's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! Everyone, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! I like a... Do the cha-cha. I'm sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. 
James, are you excited for the new name of Prometheus 2? Uh, so no, but for like a selfish reason. <laughs> so the name, the, there, the news is that he's planning on making more than just one Prometheus sequel. Um, and that they're changing the name of Prometheus 2 to Alien Paradise Lost, which makes a lot of sense because since most people hate Paradise, or since most people hate Prometheus because they're dumb, you've <laughs> got to kind of get away from the name. Um, but at the same time, and like reintroduce the idea that like, hey, there's going to be like aliens in these movies. Um, so I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't, you know, Paradise Lost to me is a very, it's a little overwrought. Like it, yeah, but, it's been done before. Like but that, maybe, uh, you know, when, uh, Numi Rapace, Rapace and, I can't even think right now. Yeah. When Michael Fassbender makes yeah. it to... When, when Girl with Robot Head... When Girl with Robot Head makes it to where the engineers are, maybe that's the paradise that's been lost. Oh, I, I'm I'm expecting exactly that. So, um, and that that sounds that seems pretty cool. I mean, that's yeah. what I want. What I want is this movie to start with her flying a spaceship and she's got a robot head. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, playing cards and like he's, she's teaching him to play like how to tell jokes. At one point, maybe they dance in like the living room and then, um, and then like he goes out on the back porch and he like falls off the porch and like, <laughs> you know, and there's like butterflies and he accidentally kills a grasshopper. Uh, oh shit. No, that's short circuit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see short circuit. I, I, I want to see another cool looking sci-fi film from Ridley Scott. Me too. Yeah. And hopefully he makes his Prometheus <laughs> is really fast. What is he like almost 80? Gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he well, looks and great. You're, you're but... also going to get Martian next week. Yep. So. It's not like you're going to have to wait that long for him to make another sci-fi film. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Peter Parker's going to be 15 years old. Yeah, saw that. that I'm, that seems That's cool. Fine, yeah. I mean, I feel like he's been, he's always like 18. Yeah. You know? So in this case, he's just slightly younger. Yeah. He can't drive. Yeah. And I, yeah, I read, uh, Kevin Feige, or maybe it was a director, John Watts. They said that this one in Civil War, he's been Spider-Man for a year. Hmm. Cool. And so for, the spectacular Spider-Man, that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> so right. He's uh, he's going to be Spider-Man for another year. So basically, it's he's only been Spider-Man for two years by the time yeah. he shows up. So it that's makes cool. sense. Yeah. So that means that he became Spider-Man when he was 14? Mm-hmm. All right. I, I don't know. All right. Yeah, freshman that's cool. in high school. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. That, that would make for a... That's the story I want to see. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. Yeah. And I still think, you know, the Spider-Man cartoon that they're producing at the same time, I think it's going to be an Ultimate Spider-Man. I think they're going to put Miles in it. That'd be my guess. Yeah, probably. It makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's what I forgot to mention was that I watched the uh, the first episode of the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon show. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing like a, there's like an, there's a season zero sort of thing where there's like little uh, vignettes of each character. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the one um, about Peter Quill. Um but it sort of it both is and isn't tied to the movie. So like a lot of the the set design stuff, mm-hmm. like the design of it looks like the movie, but there's stuff that they say where I'm like, "Oh, well these characters have clearly not been through the exact same events," mm. you know. So, anyway, that's pretty good. Uh and then the only other thing that I've got is that um they're releasing a ultimate edition of all of the Star Wars soundtracks um in shoot, I don't remember when. Uh but they're in it's in this really cool little case. Um, I'm gonna probably buy that. Cool. Even though I've owned all of those soundtracks my yeah, whole life, not, but this one looks cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, I didn't see much other news. Yeah, Is not much going on this week. I'm trying to think. There's a lot of like trailer releases and stuff like that. Yeah, but... Trailer releases. Um, yeah, nothing much going on. 
a lot of stuff filming right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a lot of, this is what they do when they're standing around. <laughs> and there's camera people around. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. Cool. This is the box office prediction segment. Show me the money! So next week is Martian, right? Yeah, uh, the Martian. I think I'm going to win. I think uh, right now they're pegging Hotel Transylvania 2 for $48 million, which mm. would be a September record. Wow. So, yeah. Man. I, 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 when I was, when I said, I think I said $47 million, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, so when I was, th- the only reason I said that high is because, you know, we even said on the show, there's been really no kid movies right. for a long time. Right. And so it's the first one of the fall. And there's not another one, I think, until The Good Dinosaur and Peanuts come out. So this one might have some legs. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, so uh, Maze Runner won last week, to no one's surprise. Um, yeah. 38 million, 36? Uh, no, just 30. Just 30. Who? Yeah. Uh, Black Mass, which you saw. Which is not good. No. Uh, the big news, though, last week is Sicario made tons of money in six theaters. Really? Yeah. Oh, very good. And I was reading an article today that it's only in 50 theaters or 58 or something like that this week, and it's going to be in the top 10. So, <laughs> with almost $2 million in 50 theaters. So, I'm guessing people are really digging that film. And I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, yeah, but next week is The Martian and Sicario goes wide. Right. So, oh, but we're predicting this week. Yeah, so it's Martian right. and Sicario. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Um, so, uh, man, I... The Martian's getting really good reviews right now. So, and I think it looks interesting, and I think anytime you have some sort of survival movie, and you're dealing with space, and yeah. it looks cool, I'm going to say 32 million for The Martian. Oh, that's low. And... 27 million wow. for Sicario. Um, no, I mean, 27 for Hotel Transylvania 2, and then I'm do uh, 22 million for Sicario. So, those are my three movies. Man. Uh, I'm going to say closer to, f- I'm going to say 40 for Martian. Wow. That's high. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 18 for Sicario. Uh, and Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> it's oh, the second care. week. I just bumped yeah. them together because I'm sure it's going to be the number two movies. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think The Martian's going to do really well. Yeah. I mean, Sicario is a wild card because it's rated R and I heard it's pretty, you know, hardcore. But I think because it's generating so much buzz. I think there are a lot of people out there who are hungry to go see a movie and are wishing that there were something good to go see. Yeah. Um, I, I, in fact, know that that's true because, like, I've, I've got people well, coming to me like, what am I, I need to go, I want to go see something this weekend. What am I supposed to go see? And I'm like, ha. Ah, well, uh, we saw Turbo Kid and Cooties. Not that they're bad films. I'm just no. saying that we had to dig to find movies. Right. To yeah. see those last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, no, the last four to six weeks have been real dry. They've been brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. October is the opposite of that. Yeah, because that's when awards movies start coming uh-huh. out. Oh, uh-huh. it's getting good. Because we I'm also excited. have Bridge of Spies coming out. Yeah. Bridget, there's, there really are. There's like two movies a week in October that I want yep. to see. It sucks. It does. In a but good way. not only do movies come out in theaters, movies also come out on Blu-ray. In discs. my house. So, uh, 
what's coming out on Blu-ray? And I think you have a couple DVDs this week. I got a bunch of shit. Where did you move in? About five years ago. By the power of Grayskull. Point Break or Bad Boys 2? Which one do you think I prefer? No, I mean which one do you want to watch first? You are pulling my leg. Alright, so this is the week of superhero films. On Blu-ray, um, mm-hmm. and the big one is coming out. The big one, the this year's main superhero release, Agents of Power, P O W E R. But I, a I period think, after each one, so it's an acronym for something. That's true. <laughs> What's a, what is it? I'm pretty sure this is pseudo porn. We talked yeah, about yeah, this I before. Think so. It looks like, like it looks like it's something that Cinemax would have on at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's called <laughs> the <laughs> the tagline is just a secret identity film. Look at that. Look at it. I know. That's what it says. It says it's the uh, Marvin Davis said the movie's cheesy and ridiculous. And who the fuck is Marvin Davis? I don't know. He's just some dude who made the movie, probably. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. The the real story, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron is coming out on Blu-ray this week. Uh, I know. I have so the 3D version coming out. Cause yeah. Again, I said, if I've been telling you, if I think the movie is like one of those, I'm going to get it on 3D, too, because eventually yeah. maybe I'll have one. I don't. And if I don't. My in-laws have a 4K 3D TV, and I'll just go watch it over there. Yeah. Um, but I was looking. And the cases are cool too. Yeah, but I don't think I think the 3D one's not red. Oh no. Yeah. the The standard version is red. Yeah, it's it's not. Or mm. these uh, on Amazon, it's not. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that well, makes me sad. Oh well. Sucks to be you then. But uh, I think the cover art's really cool. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I want to see that movie again. Uh, alright, so, uh, Outlander, season one, volume two, I haven't, something. I've never seen it. It's some kind of show. I don't know. I keep meaning to check it out, but I haven't yet. Uh, Spy. Did you guys see Spy? Yeah. Okay. Was that bad? No, it was pretty funny. Okay. But the thing is, look how much it is. There has to be something wrong. Uh, yeah, they're still saying that the Blu-ray is... $45, right? <laughs> Something's not right. They have not priced that right yet. Uh, so don't, don't pre-order it yet, but I'm sure that a time will come when you can... Uh, maybe there's something, maybe it comes with like, maybe there's gold in it. Maybe. Sometimes. Or has a personal message from Jason Statham. <laughs> Sometimes they do that. Yeah. Jason Statham. <laughs> Thanks for buying Spy. <laughs> he calls you on the phone and leaves you a voicemail if you buy the Blu-ray. Hi, this is Jason Statham. So I really gl- appreciate you supporting my movie Spy. I'm so glad you didn't buy Entourage the movie. <laughs> yeah, that comes out too. Which also comes out this week. Uh, so all the Entourage fans will finally get to just rest and go home. Mm. Um, Poltergeist is coming out the 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 remake. Did you ever see that? I did. But look at that. Something's wrong with Amazon because look at it for that on Amazon. It doesn't even have oh, a yeah. price. Yeah, it's weird. Yep. Amazon, get on it. What's wrong with you? This case looks kind of cool though. Yeah, oh, yeah. The case is awesome. That, that that picture on the front is creepy. So, uh, cop car, which cool. you guys also saw. Um, I saw it by myself. Oh, that's right. Was it good? Yeah. Okay, good. I was you off that see, week. You can see why. Uh, John Watts got picked to direct Spider-Man. He's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, there's a little movie called Unexpected that I didn't know had come out, but I had seen a trailer for, and it's got Colby Smulders in it, and I really wanted to see it, so mm-hmm. I'm going to check that out. Cool. Because uh, it seemed cool. She's uh, pretty. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know what this is, but I just have to point out that there's there's a Persona 4 animation collection collector's edition that video game. I think it's just maybe the cutscenes, or maybe there's is there a cartoon? Is there I a show no of Persona 4 as well? I know the set's pretty sweet. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, if you don't know, Persona 4 is a video game about kids who uh, are getting murdered and they jump inside inside of televisions in order to like solve a mystery. Um, yep. It's a pretty crazy thing. So uh, the set just looks cool. Um, I was surprised to find out that season four of Grimm is coming out this week. Cause it's I because there's a season four? Right. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is... Well, I didn't know this was still a show. Uh, and then we get into a whole lot of horror movies. Yeah. So hold on to your butts, everybody. Um, there is a Blu-ray release of Christine, John Carpenter's Christine. The killer car. Yep. Uh, but moving on from that. The Mutilator. Dude, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get that. I just love the name. I have never seen it, and it's a slasher film. But it's, uh, what's it, tagline? By sword, by pick. By, by axe. By. Bye bye. The Mutilator. <laughs> and I love that there's a slash and blood pouring from yeah, like the text, the text just has like a line of blood underneath it yep. pouring down. Um, and just a and bunch some of girl kids. in a bikini who's scared and everybody else is hung by hooks and dead? Uh, I, I don't know if they're dead yet. I think they're all just like looking at the hook like, oh no. Oh, He's got us up on this hook. Um, the mutilator. What I, what I appreciate about this cover is that the artist who drew it really pays attention to detail because everybody else, like the three, the three other kids or whatever, are hung that like their their shirt is nailed to the wall and so they're hanging from the wall. But the 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 sexy lady in the bikini, she of course like she doesn't have a shirt, right? Yeah. So he made sure that there's a rope around her, like under her arms, that then that is t- t- like hung from the wall, yeah. right? So then that way she can both be in a bikini and be hung from the wall, but not be like you know totally uncomfortable. So I I appreciate his attention to detail on that one. Uh, so the mutilator. That's a shoot, what's the name of that company? Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then there's a movie called Deadly Prey, which is has some a, dude praying. No, I think he's a, he's a military dude. He's oh, like P R E Y. Yeah. This is more like a. This is a. <laughs> right. Uh, no, his stance is like a, a platoon esque. Like, got my hands in the air. Like he's I just. Like, no. Yeah, he's very Rambo esque right now. Um, <laughs> okay. The tagline here is. In Vietnam, he was the best. Ellipses. He still is. <laughs> With the American <laughs> flag in the back. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool looking. Uh, so I don't know who that, who made that, but anyway, whatever. Uh, alright, the next one is a movie called Killer Workout. Uh, so, okay, so this is a, uh, like, this looks like a, it's a new company called Slasher, either Slasher, yeah, Slasher 2 video, like, like the number two, mm-hmm. um, that is now doing the same sort of thing. I, who knows whether or not their collections are as good, but look, they're, they're putting all these, like, little stickers and stuff on the cover. Um, I guess maybe to make it look like the old VHS tapes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cre- creative. Okay. Um, but yeah, this one, this one doesn't have a, a cool tagline. It's just a, it's just it's like a Jane Fonda looking lady. <laughs> yeah, it's a woman doing aerobics in like eighties workout gear, and then there's like a bloody hand smeared across the poster. Ooh. Um. So, all right, that one. All right, let's move on to the next one. How about Shock'em Dead, which is also a slasher two video, um, with oh with Tracy Lords. So this one might be porn too. Nice. Um. That one, that poster is not as cool. But the nope. title's kind of cool. Blood Rage, which is an Arrow release. Um, 
this is a this appears to be a movie about a very 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 tall man with a machete breaking into a drive-in movie theater. Cool. Um, because it's it's a guy with a machete busting through a like drive-in movie theater screen. Uh, other than and then the word blood rage. So who knows what that movie is? Uh, he's got a sick ass mullet though. That's pretty good. Uh. <laughs> Then, is this the last one? No, there's two more. Uh, Savage Weekend. That's it. That's all that Savage, it's, it's, uh, it's the Grim Reaper. Oh, man. So, guess what the name for a killer workout originally is? What? Aerobicide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much better! Arguably the cheesiest of all slashers. No. Aerobicide. Is it a movie, like, is everybody doing aerobics, but then like somebody moves a knife into okay. place so that when they like, when they like take their step and lunge, they, interest- they stab themselves? If you're interested in, um, what this movie is about, uh, desperately, there is a quote in here that says, quit showing off your little tits and your tight little ass. So, <laughs> there's That's that. That's horrible. I, I, I wish it was still aerobicide. Aerobicide's a way better yeah, title. Yeah, C-I-D-E, like, Killing. Right. Oh, oh no. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I picked up what you were putting down. I did. Oh wait. Sorry. I forgot some. Rhonda Johnson says, just teach the class and stop showing off your tits and your tight little ass. Wow. Ah, uh, yep. This wow. is a movie where like, uh, judgmental people berate young women for, for, for <laughs> let working me, let out. Me, let me give you, uh, the plot. Please. Two years ago, a young woman named. Wait, 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 wait. Let me set the mood. Okay, go ahead. Two years ago, a young woman named Valerie was burned after entering a tanning salon. Now her twin sister Rhonda runs a local gym where all of a sudden, people are being murdered. (laughs) I wanna get physical, physical. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, It's 4.8 out of 10 with 638 reviews. Wow. Yeah, you know. It's surprisingly high for a movie originally titled hey, Robicide. What's the other one? Um, Savage Weekend, which this one from the text looks like it might be an actual, uh, uh, Screen Factory release. But I can't tell. Um, the tagline here is, you have been chosen. You are doomed. Prepare yourself for Savage Weekend. It's mm. pretty lame. Very. I don't, I don't care for that one at all. Not anywhere near as cool as Cinco de Mayo from Slasher 2 Video. Uh, which is just a cool. Yeah, the cover's cool. Yeah, I, I it like. Looks, it's probably I, one of those movies that was cashing in on Friday the Thirteenth or something. Probably, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just like the fact that they didn't like it. There is no trick to the title. It's just Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, it could easily be like a National Geographic documentary. Yep. Um, but this one is clear. This, oh, I forgot to mention Cinco de Mayo written in blood. So mm-hmm. that's how you know it's yeah, a horror it's dripping movie. Dripping blood. Dude. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. There's an there's an excess of blood in the lettering. So. Uh, anyway, that is the Blu-ray releases for this week. Cool. Sheesh. Uh, so we saw two movies this week. We did. Uh, so James, you go first. Okay. James, should people go see Everest? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, here's a trailer for Everest. Cool. You, my friends, are following in the very footsteps of history. Something beyond the power of words to describe. Human beings simply aren't built to function at the cruising altitude of a 747. Our bodies will be literally dying. Everest is another beast altogether. 
How you doing? I'm back. Doug Hanson. What do you do when you're not climbing, Doug? I deliver the mail. First mailman on Everest? Hope so. <laughs> I like that. Sit down, man. Climatize. How's the weather? It's good. I wish I was with you. One day, you, me, and that little Sarah will all go climbing together. So today's the day, huh? See a regular guy can follow impossible dreams. Maybe they'll do the same. Uh, I'm on the top of Everest, Helen. We made it. Go to Rob. There is a massive storm headed your way. Oh no. Gonna take all we got. We're all getting down together. Now let's go. If anyone can make it, you can. James, what's what's Everest about? Okay, so Everest is the story of um, a a group of guys, basically back in the '90s or early '90s. Uh, a guy started a company uh, where he was going to start leading people up Everest, right? So you pay him, and he'll make sure you get up Everest and back alive. Um, and so it's 1996, I believe, is the year, and um, there's a number of things going on. One, there's more people there than there have ever been at the base of, of Mount Everest to go up this mountain. Um, it's a true story, right? Yeah, it's based on a true story. Uh, he's also got uh, author John Krakauer, who wrote um, Into the Wild, is also mm-hmm. going with them, um, partially to write about this company, but also to climb Mount Everest. Um, he's got a number of other people there who have a lot of experience climbing mountains. Um, some of whom have, have climbed K2 and some of the other, like, you know, K2 is arguably harder to climb than Everest mm-hmm. is. Um, and they, uh, basically it tells the story of them trying to go up the mountain and, and what happens. Um, Rob, who's the main character, uh, he's got a pregnant wife at home and you, you get to meet like some of the other family members and, and learn about why they're going up the mountain. Um, there's probably about an hour and 20 minutes maybe, or at least an hour before they even actually attempt the summit of the mountain. Um, there's a lot of sort of meeting these people, learning who they are, getting to like the characters. So there's character development. Oh yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, and I mean, you know, going in, like the story here is that a storm comes in, 
it gets real bad, and they have to try and make their way back down. Jake Gyllenhaal's in this movie, right? Jake Gyllenhaal's in the movie because he's like last credited, and you don't see him in any of the. Yeah, ads. he he plays. Uh, he doesn't. He Does plays. He die really early. No, so he plays uh, like the not competing, but he plays one of the other uh, group leaders. I can make it to the top before you. <laughs> He's an evil friend. No, <laughs> no, there there is like a there's like a Swedish dude who is who is that oh, character nice. uh, who's like I've climbed Everest three times, never with oxygen. I will never climb Everest with oxygen. You're like, okay, all right, I get it. He's tough, bro. He's a tough guy. Yeah. Um. So Jake Gyllenhaal plays the um. One of the other guys running a group, and they end up grouping together because there's so many people climbing the mountain that they're like, "Look, if we don't like coordinate, there's there's one scene in the movie because the way that climbing Everest works is that you you start at base camp and it takes you 40 days to get up there because what happens is every day you do a section, you go and you come back, and you go and you come back, and every day you go a little bit further and you come back, um, and then eventually you get to base two, and you go and you come back and you go and you come back and you keep coming back to base too. And it's all just to acclimatize yourself. Um, but in the, like the early section, uh, you have to go through one of the toughest sections, which is where all the big, you know, ice section, mm. the, like all the glacial ice is, which is where all the crevices you can fall down and like the walking on ladders and all the stuff that you think of when you think about climbing Everest. That's where all of that stuff happens. Um, and in this year, there were so many people climbing it. That there's this scene where, like, uh, Josh Brolin, um, who plays this guy from Texas who's climbed a bunch of mountains. Uh, his wife is, is Robin Wright in the film. Um, he, he's like, uh, he actually gets mad at Rob because he's like, look, I paid to get up this mountain and we're standing here in a line to cross this ladder because there's so many people trying to climb mountain this, like at this specific time. Cause you have a very small window mm. where the weather is going to be good enough that you can get to the top. So everybody, there's like, 20 groups there that year and they're all shooting for may 10th to summit mount everest um and the reason he's complaining is that they're there so long that like their hands start to freeze like they're not moving so they're not staying warm you know the longer that they wait there the less they get done Mm -hmm. um so they they just start to set up a lot of the the sort of problems that are starting to come up um they do a good job of um uh, of giving you some stakes as well in the fact that like this guy, this is the guy's business right like he has he has commercialized getting people up mount everest and there is something of a question to that is mm-hmm. like should you should that be somebody's job right uh the the guy i was talking about before who said uh, oh no i think it's jake gyllenhaal yeah i think it's jake gyllenhaal who at one point says i don't take anybody up the mountain who i don't believe could just make it on their own Right. Which is not how Rob feels like Rob feels like, you know, he's there to try and make sure that people are safe climbing up this mountain, you know, and that's sort of his job. Um, and they don't they don't condemn one or the other. Um, but this, the movie certainly does raise the question and, and not answer it about whether or not what this guy is doing is actually very safe or, or ethical for that matter. Um, there's also a guy who uh, he's a um, he is a like high school teacher. And he's going up because he wants to inspire these kids that he can do anything. And he's tried before and has failed. Um, and eventually they, they get up, they try to summit Everest. A storm comes in and it gets real bad. Um, there's, yes, you start to lose some people, (laughs) um, in some really chilling ways. Uh, specifically there is one, like the first time somebody dies, uh, you know, they've talked a lot about like when you get up to that altitude, your body just starts dying 
and that the whole the whole effort here is to get up the mountain and back down before your body dies. Um, because there's not enough oxygen, even though they have gas masks with oxygen in them, there's just, there's still not enough. You're so out of energy. Um, there's a number of things that can happen where like your, your, um, your brain will convince itself that it's excruciatingly hot. And so people every now and then have died by, by, I, I forget what the syndrome is called, but they'll take all of their clothes off and just freeze to death. Hmm. Um, because their, they've, their brain has tricked them into thinking that they're really hot. Um, when they're actually just freezing cold, um, this the the first guy who dies though, it's just this chilling shot of, um, Rob tells him to stay where he is, and he doesn't, and he sort of just he quietly stumbles and falls in the background, and just disappears, and it's it is the most disturbing image probably in the movie. Um, I think that the story they tell is is really good. Um, there's some really there's some really sort of uplifting parts of it. There's also some not. Uh, there were a couple scenes in the movie where there's a lot of like, where I could just tell like, oh, there's hardly a dry eye in this movie right now. Um, and, and some of it is, is absolutely manipulative. Um, you know, anytime that you have a movie like this where you know people are going to die, you've got people setting up, you know, oh, this is this person's wife. And, and it, it's, I mean, it's true to life. So Rob went up that mountain and his wife was pregnant at home. So whatever tension that they build about the fact that, like, he may or may not make it back down that mountain to meet his daughter, like, it's what really happened. So it's not like they're being overly manipulative, but at the same time, they're including that because they want it to be emotional. Um, but they, they do a really good job of making it feel very real, of making all the characters um, feel very grounded. Where in a lot of movies like this, you end up just sort of going like, like I always think of Perfect Storm, mm-hmm. right? Which is a movie where I don't give a shit about any of these people. Yeah. They go out and they make really dumb decisions. Um, and yes, you could take a step back and go, look, some of these people die by trying to climb the largest mountain on earth, right? What are they really getting out of that? Are they getting anything, you know? Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it like the guys who are just trying to catch fish? Isn't it better <laughs> that they did that than, you know, these guys? This movie does a really good job of making you feel like, there is something worthwhile here. Um, some of the people who die, some of the people who don't, they, they give them really good justifications. Um, Josh Brolin's got some really great moments where he, um, he kind of just says, like, if I'm not out climbing a mountain, I'm depressed. Like, when I'm out here, yes, I've got a family at home, I've got two kids, but when I'm there, I kind, there's this dark cloud always chasing me, and if I'm out here, I'm happy. And you kind of, He's convincing enough that you kind of forgive him for the fact that he's about to do something really dangerous and mm-hmm. stupid. Um, I, I think that they do a really good job with it. I, I think the, the weird thing, um, I know, I know why you say that about the Roland Emmerich stuff. Mm-hmm. Because there are a couple of shots that are CG shots that I feel like, oh man, like I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is the storm coming in, but that's because I don't, I don't know how you replicate that. You can't. Right? No, I don't, I don't care about it. No, and I know, I know, but, well, but what I do care about is I feel like there's a couple of shots where I think it's just environmental shots. I don't think there's anything terribly special about it, but there might, but it might be CG. I did read that they, it looks too clean. Well, I did read that they shot, uh, not on Everest, but another mountain Mm. for most of the movie. And it was really hard. For most of the movie, it looks great, you know? Um, there's just every now and then there's a mm-hmm. shot. Um, 
which is too bad because there's also like a, there's a shot with a helicopter. One of the most, it's one of the most badass scenes in the movie. Um, which I'm going to slightly spoil. Uh, but we're, you know, I'm trying not to spoil too much because some people will listen through to this, but, um, there is this shot where they try to get a helicopter up to, to rescue somebody. And at that altitude, the, the blades won't spin. There's not enough oxygen for a helicopter to fly. And he just barely, they, they tear the doors off. They tore the, they tore. Like the rock did in San Andreas. <laughs> yeah. So they, they take the doors off the helicopter. They take the pads out. They only have one pilot and he just barely makes it up to this ledge. But then to leave, um, the guy he's saving, he gets him in there and he's like, look, I'm, I'm going to push us off the edge. You don't quite understand what he's saying, but he's like, I'm going to push us off the edge. Are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then you realize what he means. And what he means is he just, turns the helicopter around and there's a cliff behind him and he just moves the helicopter forward just enough that the helicopter just drops and then just basically is shooting straight downward and he's like avoiding the 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 cracks of the mountain to try and get to a low enough altitude that he has enough oxygen for the blades to spin and you're like that it's so cool (laughs) it's like it's like you know fighting sharks in contiki like it's that moment where like here's some people doing crazy ass shit to try and survive against uh against the the against nature um i think it's a cool movie will it end up as my top 10 no it won't um they do a good job but they they never quite got me mm-hmm. you know this is a movie made for me like the the trailers before this movie were like creed and into uh in the heart of the sea what was the other one? There was one other, the other, the third trailer was like, they were all those movies. They were all James movies, you know? <laughs> it's like, here's some people against all odds trying to survive. Yeah, humans. Um, and this one just never quite gets that last punch in. Um, they, they try really hard, but I, I end up walking away kind of going like, yeah, that was good, but it wasn't inspiring in the mm-hmm. way that I would want it to be. Um, so it's still definitely worth checking out. It's a cool movie. Um, but not like the best movie, you know. Um, not qu- actually, I can just say not as good as the IMAX documentary, which was <laughs> filmed at the exact same time. Oh, okay. Um, so the the thing I didn't realize at the time going in was that this was also, uh, if you've seen the IMAX documentary they did back in the '90s, there's a moment where they talk about this other crew going up and they run into a storm and some of them die, some of whom were like helping out or friends with the people making the documentary. That's the, it's the same story. Mm. Uh, they even at one point, like, you hear them on the radio saying that some of the people are getting helped down by the IMAX crew. Mm. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, that document is better than this though. So anyway, that's Everest. Cool. Ryan, you went and saw, uh, the Green Inferno this week. Should people go see the Green Inferno? So this is one of these movies where I have to put an asterisk next to it. Right. Because uh, if you like horror films and you like gore movies, then yeah. yeah, you should definitely see The Green Inferno. However, if you're squeamish, you don't like horror films, you don't like uh, kind of some humor that shouldn't be funny, sure. then you shouldn't see this movie. <laughs> um, it's kind of subverse. You know, so it's, me. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> James should not see The Green Inferno. Um, but as far as you said, is it torture porn? I don't think it's really torture porn mm. um, in the literal sense. Um, it's a 
Here's a trailer for Green Inferno. Okay. dangerous we can't just go invade a country because they're doing something that we think is immoral i know i just think i should be doing something about the rainforest it's time to make a difference So the Green Inferno tells a story of uh, college activists who go to the Amazon to stop the destruction of the rainforest. And um, on their way, after they do a good job of stopping them tearing down the Amazon. Do they, wait, they, uh, they they succeed, huh? Yeah. They, st- um, they, they stop all of humanity from tearing yeah. down the rainforest? I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit after I give you a little overview okay, of this. Okay, good. Um, so as they're leaving, their plane crashes. Okay. When their plane crashes and people die wait, horribly. Wait, does their plane crash in the rainforest? It does. Does it hurt any of the rainforest? It does. Those assholes. I what know, are they right? doing? Uh, so some people die horrifically in this right. plane crash. And some trees. And trees. Um, and then as the survivors are getting out of the, the, <laughs> the plane crash, uh, they are kidnapped by a native tribe mm-hmm. in the Amazon that happen to be cannibals. Sure. So they are all systematically eaten. Okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's basically the premise of the movie is right. they get captured and then they have to find a way to escape, basically, sure. is how the film unfolds. Um, this movie is really funny because, at, <laughs> uh, let me explain. So <laughs> Please do. at the beginning, uh, Eli Roth, have you seen Cabin Fever or anything like that? No, I haven't. He has a really weird sense of humor. I know. So at the beginning, I, I thought it was just like bad acting, but as I was watching it, this acting is actually so good that it seems like it's bad, where it's, my biggest problem with 
college students right. is they think they can make a difference. You know what I mean? <laughs> they think they can, they think they can make a difference. And so they're, so this guy, I fuck, I can't remember his name. The leader of the activist group is called ACT. And th- wait, wait. And the, the, their slogan is don't, don't say ACT. And so all these, all these guys are say like she'll, the, the lead actress, Justine, she's actually really good in this film. Yeah. But, uh, they keep on like goading her into doing this. And at the, it's like, why do they want this girl to be in it so bad? It turns out her dad is a lawyer for the UN. So if they get her to go to the Amazon and they film it, then, oh, you can't do anything to her because the UN, it gets everybody involved and it m- makes a difference in the world. Sure. And so, but the, the college kids act like they're more important than they are. And it seems like it's just really bad acting. But then I was thinking, I says, no, actually, this is pretty accurate for 19 year olds who think that they know everything. Right. And, you know, it's, it starts off as they're doing this, uh, people are going on a hunger strike till the janitors get health care. And it just seems the kind of stupid stuff that are on campuses all the time. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting the tone of the movie really early. Sure. And, uh, the kids, and they, you know, they trick this Justine because she comes from a wealthy family that she needs to make a difference. And so that's why she goes out there. She's the one who wants to make the difference. Sure. And uh, before they leave, she's in a class and they're talking about different cultures and uh, the horrible practice of uh, female genital mutilation, mm-hmm. um, uh, also known as female circumcision, which isn't right. Um, but it's so they talk about it. And, and so she raises her hand and says, why doesn't anybody do anything about it? And it's so it's kind of this weird, like you're kind of watching these rich white kids trying right. to say what happens in other cultures and that they think they can make a difference. Right. And so by the time they get to the Amazon and uh, they're trying to shut down these bulldozers that's run by this militia, they, uh, the leader of the group purposely gives Justine, whose father is a UN, the lead actress, um, they give her a lock that won't lock. So they pull her out and they're going to shoot her on live TV. And then they end up not doing it. And so she's, you know, she learns that she's just being used. Mm. You're saying you're using me because of who my dad is and they could have killed me, blah, 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 blah. And the head guy says, you, but you knew the risk and you know what? I used you. It doesn't matter. So he's the douchebag guy. Okay. Um, so when the plane crashes and he gets eaten first, no, yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he does not get eaten. Oh, ah, uh, but yeah, there's some like there's, Again, it's Eli Roth, so he always has this weird sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And I think he does it on purpose, where he tries to get you into a lull, and then he does something really shocking. No. So the first guy, I mean, he gets... The, it takes a long time to get there. I'm, I think it takes about an hour to get to where the cannibals show up. Yeah. And when they do, they eat... Of course, they eat the nice fat guy first. So he gets his eyeballs ripped out, then he gets his tongue cut out, then he gets sawed in half, and then he gets cooked. And then everybody's eating it like it's no big deal for this tribe. And, you know, the the other kids are kept in this pen that they kept their pigs in. And they're just basically being systematically taken out and eaten. Right. Um, so the one girl, she decides she's going to escape. So she gets out and she says, don't worry, I've ran track. And so she starts running and she jumps in the boat and you think she, she makes it and because they don't come back to her. And about 10 minutes later, they're given food and they're starting to eat it. And at the bottom of the food is like her skin that had all the tattoos on it mm. like skinned in the bottom of the bowl so to show that they actually got her yeah and 
And then the one girl breaks her bowl and like slits her throat. And I mean, so it starts getting pretty like gruesome. And, yeah. but then they have <laughs> the stoner guy stuffs weed down her throat. So when they cook her, everybody who's eating her gets high so they can plan their escape. And yeah, so that's what this movie is. It's not, it's a really weird sense of humor. Um, it's when it gets to the village with the cannibals, it's really unrelenting. I mean, it's yeah. nonstop gore. It's nonstop people getting their throats cut, eyeballs ripped out, flesh being eaten. I mean, it's not nice. Yeah. Uh, but the movie's well made and it's interesting. And what happens to that Justine character is pretty, um, harrowing. Uh, I don't want to say what happens to her because it's really spoilish, but she, uh, I mean, there's parts where she, no, I'm not going to say, she just, just know that her situation is worse than a lot of them. And, uh, she tries to appeal to the humanity of the people of this tribe. And does it work? Maybe. Does it not? Maybe. Um, and it's just a really interesting, um, look at this. And I just, I just actually, I, I got the humor he was going for with yeah. the college kids knowing it all. Yeah. And then, Going there, they don't know shit. Right. You know, because these, I, to those indigenous tribes, it doesn't matter. They don't, they don't right. know what a fucking phone is. They right. don't care. It's, they eat people. <laughs> That's what they do. They eat, because they, they look at them as enemies. Right. So they eat their enemies. And I, I'm, sh- I don't know if it still exists today, if they're still cannibal tribes. I'm sure there is. Right. Um, so yeah, I just liked the, the opposite. So you have these college kids that think their life's hard because they're having a hunger strike for three days. Right. And then the real world is a lot more brutal than they think it is. Um, yeah. So if you like those kind of movies, go see it. This old lady came in with her husband behind us. She left halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, she came in. I was like, what the fuck is this lady doing here? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm going to be old like that and still watch these kind of movies. Right. But she seemed really out of place. Yeah. And so when, um, when that girl, she like slit her own throat, she's, very audibly said, I'm leaving. You can stay here if you want, Peter. And she like got up and left and her husband stayed. <laughs> so that was awesome. So yeah, that happened in that movie. Um, and I've heard that's happened a couple times. I don't know what people expect in a cannibal movie. Yeah. Cause basically it's a zombie movie, but you're taking away dead things, eating people. And it's just normal. It's people. just people, just people eating people. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you want to see that kind of movie, you want to see blood and guts and, uh, great job by K and B, you know, uh, Greg Tick Nicotero and yeah. Howard Berger always do a great job on special effects. Yeah. I mean, cool. You can, you can watch it if you want. Not gonna. Uh, it's not your kind of I movie. Think I, I think but... I made the right choice. Oh yeah. When I'm, as I was watching it, I said, Oh, James might like this beginning part because it's, it's kind of clever and you sure. know, it's, it's these kids that go to some, uh, probably NYU, some preppy school. <laughs> And and you kind of get the joke. Knowing, knowing Eli Roth, it is NYU. Yeah, and you get the joke. Like, oh, that's funny. And then when they start the plane crash, you'd probably still be okay. But then when they start ripping tongues out, and says, so, "Oh, this is where it's going to start losing James." If there's 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 just got to be a point, right? Yeah. yeah, I I really like Evil Dead. I yeah, it's I, not it's not that kind of right, horror though. Right, I know. Right, like I like Evil Dead because I at the end I'm still rooting for Mia. Yeah. Um, in this one. Yeah. You don't want something bad to happen to Justine. Right. But but do I actually care? I, I think you do because I think she's a really good character. I don't think – because she Kay. was kind of you know tricked into going into this and she doesn't belong there. Sure. And there's some re- uh, revelations where, yeah, you feel actually pretty bad for her. Um, I don't want to spoil them, but yeah. you know, it, it happens in the film. So right. you do root for her and and 
Yeah. And Eli Roth always has some goofy endings to his films. This one, not really. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but not really. Um, yeah. So if you're into cannibal movies, then yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's funny. There was a guy as, uh, after I got out of Everest and Ryan and I were standing and talking to, um, Kendall at the Alamo. Uh, there was an older couple walking by this guy with his wife. Um, and I pointed the sign and said something about, like, yeah, I liked it. And, and he just shouts out. He's like, I didn't. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> and I sort of looked at him and he's like, uh, and we started talking and he basically, he was like, he was basically saying that it was just, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like, um, oh man, not tough to watch. It, it was like, it was like getting beat up a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's uh, like excruciating. Prisoners. It was excruciating. <laughs> um, just because like what he kept talking about, he was like, it was just uh, like my eyes are tired and and my ears like it was so loud because there's scenes where like the storm comes oh, up yeah. and there's so much like stuff flying by on the screen and then the sound gets so loud that he was just like it was just so loud <laughs> I was like I know it was supposed to be excruciating yeah it's not supposed to be nice yeah <laughs> um but he at least made it through the movie nice yeah oh yeah it's <laughs> And see, your thing too is I don't consider these horror films, these cannibal movies. No, they're, I, I don't know how to describe them because it's uh, not torture porn. Torture porn, man. Because <laughs> I, 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 they're not scary to me. They're just right uneasy. I mean, there's nothing. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I would disagree with you because I feel like what you just described <laughs> kind of is torture porn. Like it is. It is a movie that exists on being entertaining because of the like showing you something extremely brutal i guess yeah i mean Um, if you consider that torture porn like it revels in that yeah i mean i think that's the definition like if it's if it's hostile or it's saw so saw is at least real 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 pg torture porn um but like if it if if the whole point of the movie is just just to see me something that show me something really gross and hard to look at um i guess but to me i i guess my definition of torture porn is people actually being tortured i mean i guess True. i guess Which i guess is the difference between this and hostile but i yeah, yeah I but, mean, I, but I, I guess you could say they're being tortured by getting their tongues ripped out and stuff right yeah like they're yeah. gonna get eaten I, I, I there's a motivation here that's different right yeah. like in in a movie like hostile it's just some crazy asshole killing people because they like killing people yeah um in this it's like well no these people don't you could you could almost forgive them because you're like well they don't know any better. Yeah, that's what I sort mean. Of. Because are they really bad people? I mean, that's what I. Right. You can't judge them as yeah. bad people. Yeah. They're doing they're doing things that I would universally say are bad. They yeah. just don't know it. Exactly, because you can't judge someone who doesn't know what TV and they right. only know one way of life. I mean. Yeah, they've never seen a horse before. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I I don't know. So they don't know they could at least eat a horse. Right. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Uh. Next week, no James. I guess. I think so. Maybe. Maybe, sure. James. So, uh, I'm going to see Sicario and The Martian, I think. I'm gonna try you asshole. Oh, Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, James. We're going to go see all Fuck the good you. movies. <laughs> That's fair, though. I just want to uh, see it. <laughs> I know. I agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think Sicario may not be at the Alamo for, for two weeks. Yeah. So, we'll see. I, I Maybe I'll just go to the... I'll just do this. I'll go to the Highlands Ranch 24 and just theater hop. Oh, gosh. That sounds like a horrible day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening. And we'll yeah. see you at the movies. Bye. Bye.
visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6-NERDS-5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Comfortable if you want to use that uh, mic? That doesn't matter. Oh, I okay. don't care. You sound really good now. Oh, you know why? It's because I have the cables backwards. Oh, uh, yeah, wow. Okay. You you weren't the intake, you weren't the input that I thought you were. Okay. Well, this isn't the vo- the mic you're looking for. <laughs> why why did why, I don't know why you did that. Why did you do like Joan Rivers there? <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> this, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Those damn Jawas have sent you on a wild goose chase, Mr. Stormtrooper. <laughs> it's like Woody Allen Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just looking for the Stormtroopers. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez, everything's just really hot. Uh, how you doing this morning? Good. 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 I've been up since about 6. Yeah? Yeah. I woke up around 7.30. I, I can't sleep in anymore. One, my little boy's you know, always awake, but right. I've been getting up at 6 for the last two months, so. Yeah. I woke up and went and got, like, sausage and, and stuff and made breakfast. Nice. But they didn't have, like, I wanted, like, a spicy sausage. So, um, but they didn't have any at the King Supers. What? So, yeah, I know. But they had like some chorizo. And I was like, okay, well, I, I've never like cooked chorizo on my own before. It was like a, it was just like a slab of chorizo, right? Mm-hmm. So I just, I bought it and then I just chopped it into squares mm-hmm. and I fried it like sausage. I didn't like it very much. The, the problem with chorizo is it's not, it doesn't have as much moisture as sausage. Mm. So when you cook it, did you notice it cooked really fast? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't release very much grease. I mean, it was pretty greasy by the end. It just wasn't very good. Yeah. It I think it was too spicy. And not even not like not like it was real hot, like burn your mouth spicy. It was just like it tasted like spice and not like mm, yeah. mm, pork. Yeah, it's 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 chorizo is really tricky. I, I only use chorizo if I make um queso and mm, I actually yeah. I mix it with ground pork. Oh, okay. Because it gives it kind of uh more juiciness and yeah. it levels out the flavor. I always I I've liked it in like burritos and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I thought the problem might just be that I tried to cook it like patties. No, and then it was just like, oh, now I have mouths full of chorizo, and I don't like that. No, chorizo is a weird sausage. Mm. It's uh, yeah, and it's not your traditional yeah breakfast. Yeah. It's not going to work very well. Yeah, I I wish I had just gotten a regular ass sausage patty, and then you could have just added like some crushed red pepper to it or something. I could have done that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to work that hard. That's I why. Gotcha. That's why I didn't make patties out of the chorizo. I literally, I, I if I could have taken scissors and cut them into squares, I would have. <laughs> The like thing I, I didn't want to do this like morning, Wendy's I woke parties. up and Laura was still tired. And Kellen eats breakfast on at like 7.30-ish. Yeah. And I said, oh, man, I didn't even want to cook. So I just went to McDonald's and we ate sausage McMuffins. Hell yeah, sausage McMuffins. That's yep. like the thing for Wendy, for, for McDonald's. Oh, yeah. And they're only a dollar. They're, are they really only a dollar? Yeah. Because I, I, so. I always get like the the meal, so then it's like $4. Yeah. Well, then you, you get know. the hash brown and the drinks. Right. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a bad gig. No, not at all. Oh, man, I want some McDonald's. Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> Fuck cool. this thing. 